Hey, Shot of Wrestling, episode 86. And away we go. I'd be busting freestyles and stone cold sudden and hitting the attitude adjustment. Brothers of destruction, Undertaker chain. Sit in the fire or get pooed like Roman brain. Give this dude love and you got my back. Man, you're so kind and hit that cactus jack. It's Patty Yag, the face that runs the place now. So phenomenal and I'm breaking the walls down. You're about to get hit. We going off the script. If you don't submit, you get hit with the super kick. We talk at WWE. It's a shot of wrestling with Green Man and MJP. Welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host, at Michael J. Putty. <laughs> You're still trying to go with that, aren't you? I'm not going with anything. That's my handle. People reach out to me as at Michael J. Putty. No, but it's not your name. But all of a sudden, it's you want me to call you at Michael J. Putty. I don't. That's, you're making that up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Interrupted <exactly>. you. <laughs> it's your boy, the green man. He's here for episode 86 as well. He's not your boy. Yes, he is. No. He's your boy. He, he's your boy, and he and along with Michael J. Putty have a jam-packed show for you this evening. Great morning, afternoon, whenever you want to listen to the show. Um, I'm excited, man. Are okay. you excited yeah, for what? Uh, well, there's just been so much good wrestling, you know, this past week. Mm-hmm. WWE, maybe they're they're starting to listen more to the show and really don't like that we tell them that their show sucks. Um, so well, we don't say that because SmackDown's awesome. You say that because Raw sucks. <laughs> Raw sucks. Pay per views have sucked. SmackDown, in my opinion, has sucked for a while. Of course, you did. And um, you don't watch it. And I think now this past week of wrestling has been really good, and I'm excited to be on the show. I I got hype. I stayed hype, and, and I'm ready to talk some wrestling. Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I mean, it led off with that, and amazing, amazing show. We started out with Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin defeated my boys, the Hype Bros, in 10 minutes, 20 seconds. The Usos defeated the New Day to Amazing win. Amazing match. The Tag Team Championships in 22 minutes even. Wow. The best 22 minutes of, of um, the night, I think. Randy Orton defeated Rusev in 11 minutes, 40 seconds. Baron, your boy, Baron Corbin. My boy. Defeated AJ Styles and Ty Dillinger. So do you think this is the up and coming of Baron Corbin? We, we were reporting that he was done. He's in the shitter. But now, is he coming back up? Sure. 19 minutes, 20 seconds. Charlotte Flair defeated Natalia via DQ in 12 minutes, 15 seconds. My man, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, baby. Retained against Cheesecake. Knock him over in 12 minutes and 10 seconds. Who, destroyed who? him. Not even a competition. <laughs> destroyed him. Who do you think is going to take the title from this uh, guy? AJ Styles. I mean, Bobby yes. Roode defeated Dolph Ziggler in 11 minutes, 35 seconds. And Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon in 39 minutes. Well done, boys. Even. Very, very nice match. Very nice match. That's right. It was cool. Yeah. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I think Kevin Owens put the shit over uh, of Shane O'Mac. Like, without Kevin Owens, without Kevin Owens, Shane O'Mac would not have looked that good. Apparently, he went to the hospital, too. You posted on on your uh, Instagram? No. That was. Daily News said he went to the hospital, didn't he? Yeah, that's slow news day. <laughs> I should read my caption. The captions are pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a great, great. So great it, was, show it wasn't for the Undertaker. It wasn't for AJ Styles. Uh, Shane McMahon wouldn't look good either. Um, what are you going to give this guy any credit? I give credit to everybody who faces Shane Nomac and makes him look good. Oh, even back then, huh? Yeah. 
Uh, Kurt Angle making him look good. Okay, uh, yeah, Undertaker making him look good. Gotcha. AJ Styles made him look good. Mm-hmm. And, to, and Sunday night, this past week, my boy Kevin Owens made him look good. It's funny how they thought Jim McMahon made Kevin Owens look good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but then that's what started off the week. And we'll get into Raw and SmackDown Cheers and Heels because I thought it was some great wrestling on Monday and Tuesday. But to cap off this great week of wrestling, WWE 2K18 come out. Came out. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why I want to hurry the fuck up so I can go back and <laughs> make this a fucking quick show. I'm not talking about jam-packed. I want to fucking make this in and out so I can go home and continue my career. Oh, you're starting career mode already. Who are you starting off with? Uh, Michael J. Party, son. Oh, you you have your own storyline. Yeah, that's what my career mode is, yeah. Wow. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I can't wait. Did so you already uh, design the green man for the show? No. So you could bury him on, on, on the video game? That's a good idea. <laughs> well, I mean, you made me make him the last couple of years, but you never come over to fucking play him because you suck. I don't suck. You suck. I'm, I'm mediocre. No, that's insult the people who are mediocre. <laughs> oh, man. You uh, suck, and I offered to be on the same team with you to make it pity. Uh, I even put the controller down sometimes, and you still end up getting your ass back. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's not that hard. Yeah, it is pretty hard. I get hard sometimes. I mean, <sighs> sorry. Uh, another great thing that happened this past week is, is Comic-Con. Yep. You know, everybody was posting pictures, people were doing cosplays. Yeah. I, I mean, I am, like, fascinated by this concept of Comic-Con. And for those who don't know, Greenman has never participated in a Comic-Con before. Uh, but Michael J. Parley goes, he represents, yeah, it's always weird when I, when I tell people I've never gone to one, but I, I'm i intrigued. But for some reason, I haven't been able to pull the trigger. Um, Michael J. Party, how was Comic-Con? It was right. See, that's why. That is ex- that that reaction after you going right. makes me want to be like, yo, this is so cool, but eh, I'll, I would, I'll live. I'm saying this live on air to your, I would never go to Comic-Con with you. Really? Why? I would never go with you. Why? I'll meet you up. crazy. I'll meet you up there, but I would never go with you. What what do you do when you go to Comic-Con? You wait on lines? Not even. I don't take part in it. I don't don't care about comics. I don't care about most of this shit. I don't know who most of these people dressed up as. Mm. Um, I just go to walk around the ambiance, meet wrestlers, look at the old classic toys. Who did you get to meet this year? Um, the middle of the men, Ted DiBiase. Oh, you guys are old friends, yeah, though. Old friends. He, he signed your belt before. He signed my belt. He signed a picture. Yeah. So, so we, have, we have a relationship. Yeah. What did he sign this time? Uh, I'm a Funko figure. <laughs> I like how you made this sound. Uh, I told him I'm going to go see his movie. He goes, appreciates it. I want to see you there. He's got a movie coming out? Oh, you should listen to the show. It's really I, pretty I should, good. Yeah. We, we, we talked about it a couple <laughs> weeks ago. But yeah, it was, I mean, I was all hyped to go to Comic Con this year. With uh, Shot of Wrestling co-host Search Loser, Zaya Wahab. Oh. You're still talking to him, aren't you? Yeah, he's good people. Okay. He's good people. He's a loser. And I'm thinking, all right. I want to try, maybe for the first time, I'll do some videos. Nice. Live shots. Yeah, I was hoping to see those. Take some pictures. Awesome. But? He decides we should eat beforehand to save money because everything's so expensive down there. Okay. Smart move. Yeah. Special was halal. Hala. The halal hala, guys? No, hala. Cinnamon raisin French toast. What? Oh, challah. Like with the challah bread. Yeah. Yeah. So we had that with some eggs and toast. Then we drove to Long Island City to take the train and we were falling asleep. 
We got there. We're just walking around. We lost all buzz. We lost all our hype. Oh, man. It was just, let's walk that around. Sucks. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, that sucks, dude. Yeah. Maybe you should go with the green man. Maybe no. Because the green man will nope. just excite things. Nope. We'll, we'll cause some ruckus. Go with your boy I'll Rich. S- go with your boy Rich. I'll sneak Yeah, go with your boy boot. Rich first. Okay. And then I'll come back on with Rich you. the bartender. All right. Rich the bartender. If you want to get tickets for the green man, maybe we'll hit it up next year. There, there's always wrestlers my cherry. sprinkled throughout the whole floor. They're who? Sprink- wrestlers sprinkled throughout the whole floor. Oh, so they're not in like one section? No. Interesting. So... I only saw Men's Other Men, Teddy Biasi. Mm. And Isaiah's looking for a comic book, and uh, we're walking around, walking around, walking around. I'm like, this can't be it. So we're ready to leave. We find where the booth is DDP and Lita. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Cash only. Uh huh. Only had 30 bucks on me. Wasn't enough to do anything, so we bounced. <laughs> oh, man. So that sucked. Lita looked, Lita looked good. Oh, Lita always looks good. And DDP good. was playing, giving. Pep talks to everybody. Took a picture with him. Yeah. So that was Comic Con. Hopefully next year, don't eat beforehand. I also found out they do have a bar there. Interesting. Next next year, first stop. Shot of wrestling at the bar. I went to the bar first. Jeez. I like it. Yeah, See, again, you're intriguing me to go. Yeah, don't go with me. But it's just that that, imp- that impression you gave me when, when I first asked you how I was. And you're like, eh. Yeah, last year was cool. This year just was off. Something was off this year. Yeah. Maybe there people who are listening who put this. Sh- I got hyped. This- I didn't stay hyped. No, people who who are listening who put this Comic Con together. Get more wrestlers out there. Is there ever a wrestling convention? Yes, all the time. That'd be that'd be cool. Just wrestlers. all the time. Yeah, they're they're everywhere. But um, yeah, bring more wrestlers. They should have had the Hardy Boys there. That would have been badass. Broken, broken Matt. Yeah, you still care about that? It's kind of fucking over, isn't it? We'll, we'll talk about that in Raw SmackDown Cheers and Heels. But yeah, so there was, again, there was so much good stuff in wrestling. And the reason people are tuning in, one of the reasons I think people are tuning in is because we started hyping some of the great things in wrestling that happened this past week. Oh. And it was Lucha Underground. Can we hear this stuff? I got to go play 2K. <laughs> and in Lucha Underground, our girl, Eva Lee's. Went one-on-one with Sexy Star in, in a crazy sick match. There was blood, crimson masses. It was insane. And we, at A Shot of Wrestling, are proud to present this exclusive interview with the one and only Eva Lise. wanted to do this ladies and gentlemen a shot of wrestling proudly brings to you the baddest bitch in the building eva lee's how are you (laughs) i'm good how are you i i i I felt that i felt that (laughs) we are beyond excited and welcome to a shot of wrestling thank you for taking some time to meet with us no problem Thank you for having me. First and foremost, uh, I have to, our hearts go out to 
everyone who's been affected by the tragedy in Puerto Rico. So if you have any friends and family that have been affected by um, the horrible hurricane, we uh, definitely share our deepest, deepest hearts out there for you. Do you have any family out there? Uh, yes. Um, I have my mother and pretty much most of my mother's family and a few of my dad's. Um, and I, I did get to talk to my mom like two days ago. It was like, it's one, it's like, it was, it's only been one call mm. that I was, that I managed to be able to talk to her, but at least I know for a fact that she's okay. Um, but it's still, uh, really difficult. Um, not even, you can't even have, even if, even the money you have, you can't even use because all the systems are down. So you can't even like your, uh, bank or your card or anything like pretty tough situation right now and I can't even send money or anything that up there because the systems are down so it's a pretty it is a, yeah, it's definitely a tough time out there. Um, so we just we didn't want to overlook the fact that, you know, I'm a Latino, you're a Latina. Uh, we have a lot of friends and family out there. And one of the things that actually one of my family members who recently went through the heavy hurricane in Florida shared with me, if anybody is listening, it's, um, you know, you have access to your cell phone and you may be able to change your voicemail and just give us an update because sometimes when we do call um those those lines out there or even your house line if, if we're able to get through we get the voicemail and we're able to if yeah. you're just able to change that and say hey it's you know 5 p.m on a sunday afternoon just want to let you know if you're calling we're safe we're in a good place or you know if there's something that you need you know get that message because there's a lot of people that we continue to talk to that may have been just like you who haven't um been able to get in contact with anyone out there and don't know where where things stand All right. But moving on, I want to get to know you. I want your fans to continue to get to know more about Eva Lee. So let's just start from the beginning. How much has wrestling been an influence on your childhood and you growing up? Uh, A huge. um, My brother, he was always into into wrestling and my uncles were always into wrestling. I I don't like come from a wrestling family or anything like that or as a matter of fact, I might be the the only family member that is actually a professional wrestler. Um, it's something that the whole thing that wrestling for me is something that started at least like with my family in the sense that they enjoyed it so much. And I've always been ever since little, I've always been athletic, and at eight years old, I was already in sports and school and all that. And so I've always been an, an athlete. So I just, I guess, I, I I saw it in a different light a little bit. Um, as something that I I could potentially do. Uh, so once I was around 13, 14, that's when I started to say, you know what, maybe I can, I can, I can do this. Why not? But I didn't even have a clue how to even begin, honestly, <laughs> uh, at that time. But I just, I did what I had to do. Did my, my research. I literally started from the complete and utter bottom. Uh, like in Puerto Rico, the island of Puerto Rico. Uh, started. Um, I was still in high school. Uh, one of my um, one of my classmates had an older brother who like did indie wrestling in Puerto Rico and whatever, and then that's pretty much how I started. And I I learned as much as I possibly could from everything about the business, and while I was there, and then when I came to the U.S., I had to start from ground zero completely and utterly over again. And uh, I, I started in Chicago in the indie scene in Chicago, and then just continued to learn more and more and into how I could get obviously 
where everyone would want to get you to make the most money out of what you're doing, you know, and then that's when WWE came into the picture, the opportunity to do Tough Enough, and I tried to um, <clears throat> make as much networking as possible while I was doing the Tough Enough, you know, and managed to get to WWE, and then that's when everything really, like, started kicking off, and, and uh, but I didn't last very long, I lasted, I, I missed the, the year by a week. Wow, yeah. Um, and it was literally on my birthday where the contract expired on that year. And, um, yeah, it, it really, I, I didn't have, like, you know, like I said, like I said, where I like came from, like I came from complete nothing, from you know. So I didn't, I didn't along all that. I didn't really learn a whole lot about politics. Like at that time, my mind frame was like, I'm just there to do the best job I possibly can, and the politics aspect of it was not a strength of mine whatsoever. I didn't understand anything about politicking or 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 just you know just how the whole thing works you know how how you how you, you balance business with being an athlete all together especially in the biggest phase of them all like that was my biggest struggle um and it it, it was really hard for me because it was like a shock and then it, it was very in, in, anxious dealing a lot of anxiety and, and, and stress dealing with all that at first hand um, for me, um, and it didn't, I didn't, I, unfortunately, uh, Bill DeMott, when Bill DeMott came into the picture, it was like game over for me. <laughs> right. And we're definitely going to get into um, a few, um, aspects of that, but you, you mentioned early on, um, you started at such a young age, you know, 13, what's that about 10th grade? Um, no, I was, uh, I was actually 15 when I actually began to, okay. to do all that. Yeah. And do you feel like there? I mean, it's still pretty young. I remember my teenage years. Yeah. There was so much going on. Do you feel like there was anything that you sacrificed of any normal teenage milestone by starting this journey oh, at yeah. a young age? <laughs> I I sacrificed. Well, yeah. I mean, but, but the thing is, I think I think that what what uh, the the way I saw it at that time, I think uh, I, like I, I felt like I mean, my personal life wasn't that fantastic. You know, not necessarily going into detail at that time my personal life at that time wasn't that great for many different reasons so at that time I felt like I had everything to gain and not necessarily much to lose at that time you know 15 I guess any other 15 would probably feel that way because you know you're starting your life but I felt like that like I wanted to to make a living off of what I think I what I thought at that time I could be the best at or the best myself what I could be the best at um and I don't know. It's just really hard to explain. My life is like a flash. That I everything like I, I'm. I literally just turned 29, and I've dedicated myself to wrestling for ever since, since I was 15. Like everything. Like I, I, I sacrifice. I did sacrifice uh, education. That's a, that's that I would say would be like the most because I knew for sure that I had. That's the one thing sure that I knew I had because uh, I was a 4.0 student and like I was always in like advanced classes and like and all this stuff. And I gave that up. Like in my personal life, like I had family problems and just a bunch of stuff, so I didn't feel like I was losing much there because I didn't feel like I had much. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. But like, but like, it was something I knew for sure that I had that I gave up and. and 
I knew I was I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was giving up. Uh, was my education. Um, I was still uh, like I said. I was still in high school then. I I had always since since uh, middle uh, middle school, elementary, everything like throughout all my academic years. I I was always a standout. Uh, 4.0, high honors, uh, all that. And, 12 years of that that I from that I could have gone to like study you know scholarships and all this stuff all that that I like threw away to like pursue the dream um and being both and... La- being both Latinos, we um we come from big families, you know. I'm you know on my dad's side, he's got nine, ten brothers and sister. On my mom's side, there's eight. Um, so how do they feel about you pursuing this career? Because it's not easy to see yeah. your loved one in a ring. Yeah, especially yeah, especially a girl. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of problems with that. They no like no one like I, they like would always try to put it in uh they try to word it nicely but they didn't believe what I was doing was uh had made any sense but so I, I did not have any support at all um throughout all that wrestling journey yeah, so it, and whatnot. it doesn't seem like the easiest childhood but you did decide to pursue this stream and you mentioned earlier you got into tough enough and you were holding your own, not for, not in front of just like the girls, but like you, you gave the guys a good run for their money. Now, even though it was a competition, now part of it has to be a work because it's also a television show and it's part of a yeah. production. So how did you stay yeah, motivated? I had to learn all that. <laughs> I had to learn all that right there. How, how did you stay motivated through it though? You know, learning that and learning that, all right, you know, part of it, it is a competition, but the other part, you know, I have to put on a show. Yeah. I have to be part of the show. Yeah, it was, it was all very confusing at that time a little but the, the hardest the hardest part of it was pretty much the, again it's always been the, the politicking side like the, you know knowing that it's a show and all that that was fine you know trying to perform my best out that, that was fine it was always like the politicking knowing how to you know like put a face of you know what I'm saying the whole politi- politicking aspect was like the hardest for me and I feel like um, that politicking it's not just in the wrestling world but you think about any career that anybody's yeah, working yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you have to put on a face. You have to put make those that yeah. social networking because it sometimes it's not only mm-hmm. what you know, it is who you know. Yep. So it's it's a yeah. lesson not just for wrestling. It's a wrestling for all careers all around. Now, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm That's wrong. Um, you were the only one to receive a contract from that season, right? Uh, yeah. I was actually the only one to get a contract with WWE that didn't already have one before. Uh, Andy. Christina, they both had contracts before they did the Tough Enough show, and also Arya. So, so the three of them, the three of them from the show that ended up going back to WWE, um, like those were the three. But the only one from all the other rest that that got a contract was me. Awesome, and I'm always curious, who was that first person that you share that great bit of news with? My mom. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. What did she think, especially after, you know, not really understanding the whole wrestling thing and how much you had to dedicate to it and seeing you in the ring? Well, I mean, of course she's going to be happy for me. You know, it's, it's, uh, regardless how, um, regardless how little support, you know, there was. And I mean, I can understand, I, I, I never took it a hundred percent personally because I can understand, I could understand where it's like, okay, well you have this sure path that you could have taken and succeeded and then but yet you chose to take this other one where you had no clue you know about and like they have no clue about you know I can understand but just the simple fact that I'm succeeding period you know obviously would would you know bring her happiness and whatever yeah. and you're 
pretty much a trailblazer for your family because you're one of the first to try to do things a little bit differently. Because coming yeah, from my back, yeah, coming from, from my, both of my family, yeah, coming from my background too, like you know the Hispanics coming into like into a new world and starting to learn the rules. They yep. may not, only know one track. You know, you go to yeah. school, you then go to college, and then you get a career and you get started and you're happy. You know, that's what their new American dream is. And here you are, yeah. you know, creating a new American dream and saying, you know, I don't have to take that path. You know, I can make it in a different way as long as I get to that main goal. Yeah, it's, I think it's like the, the concept of, you know, it's always like, okay, well, here's how life's supposed to go. And then everyone's like afraid to take that like uh, entrepreneur type yeah. road that everyone, it's, it, it, but it's something that I've always felt like I just can't help myself to do. Like, I don't know. I guess like after so many, you know, I I, I feel like the 12 years in school that I like did, it, did everything perfectly and, 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 you know, was like literally the picture perfect student in every sense of the word. It's like I learned like, okay, that really does not guarantee me anything. And I don't know. I just, ever since then, it's like the entrepreneur type, you know, not that one is better than the other. It's just that one's just the one that I'm attracted the most, I guess. It's the most exciting, but it's the one that has the most <laughs> risk, you know? Yes, it has the most risk. You have to be willing to take the hit. <laughs> yeah. Now, your time in the WWE was definitely short-lived, and to be honest with you, uh, what do you think we may have heard what, what you think is the clear, res- this, the person sole responsible for your departure? What was the final straw that gave you courage honestly, to speak up? Honestly, I, at that time, it was very easy for me to, uh, I mean, very easy for me to say, okay, hey, it's, it was Bill Marshall. He, you know, he did this, this, that, did this, that, and that. Okay, you know, like at that time, it was very easy. Now, after so long, you know, I've, I've learned so many different things, and not, not only you know about the business, but I've learned the most that I'm learning now is about myself, and I like just taking ownership for for things. Regardless, you know, he played a big part. You know, I can't put all blame on him. He did this because of him. This happened because of him. I, you know, I'm no longer. You know, he played a big, big part, and this is not for him. This is not covering for him. Not covering anything. He he did do terrible things and all that. That's but that's on him. Whatever. But like for me personally, like I felt like if I would have equipped myself with better skills on on how to handle people like that, like not necessarily directly, like you know, okay, I'm just gonna fight him and punch him in the face. No, <laughs> um, just like <laughs> more like. I guess more eloquent ways of going about it. I don't know for myself, you know, to guard myself from it and like my energy, not allowing a person's energy to interfere with my energy, like let it bring me down kind of thing. That's just kind of like what I've learned now to apply to myself. You know, how I can, how can I protect myself from this type of person, from this type of situation, et cetera. Like, at that time, yeah, it played an incredible, like, literally 95%, I would say, was based on all that he did at that time when he came into the picture. But but I also want to take, you know, I need to take in that one little, whatever little percentage, take ownership of that. I mean, like, okay, well, I need to, what can I learn myself from this? What can I do better from this so I can have more power if I ever, you know, yeah, and around this time, I mean, we all know the stories of Bill DeMont and his training practices. Many have come to the defense yeah. of him and said, you know, he's just from an oh, old school really? mentality. And, you know, that's no, how he no. learned. But you being the student and now... No, you know, I, would, I would not defend that whatsoever. I, I, it's wrong. So many things are just so wrong. 
just long periods. Right. So whether right <laughs> or wrong. Like, it doesn't matter, like, if it's old school or whatever it is. Wrong is wrong, you know? When you're demeaning people, that's wrong. That's not professional. Like, old school, new school, whatever school. Like, if you're demeaning people, like, for no reason whatsoever, that's just wrong professional right. period like that shouldn't be anywhere <laughs> right and uh, i'm happy that you were able to you know get the courage to actually speak up on it because a lot more people spoke spoke up after you know you were able to you know open that forum for them but uh let's leave that in the past let's move forward to uh lucha underground yeah. where you gain a lot more recognition and not a lot more of a loyal following now one of the matches that i personally it really just sold the brand for me you know when coming up to season one was when we saw someone like Eva Lee's being in that trios tag team and really facing the men. And yeah, we've seen it before and it's been done, but this was the first time that there was a woman like you, like a sexy star who was able to go head to head with a man and have quality battles in the ring, have great uh, wrestling clinics, as you could say, for lack of a better term. But do you prepare differently when you're facing either a woman or a guy? Actually, no. Uh, I, I, I love when I started training and everything, I wanted to make sure that that I was the best as possible, like the best version of myself possible, regardless regardless of gender. Like gender would be no no uh, factor. I always that's always been number one for me. Like even like my trainer, I could even you know he can even tell you that he's always said it too. Like when I first came up to him and he was gonna train me, I'm like, please train me. Like, like, all your students, man or female, like, train me just as hard as you do even the guys. Like, like I want to be best at what I do, so don't take it easy on me whatsoever. And it's like, he, he always got excited, like, okay, awesome, you know. Like, that's, that's what's up. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I was really, I was ready for, for whatever came to, to be polished, you know, and, and whatnot. And, you know, whenever I'm in there, whether I'm wrestling a female or a male, I'm just as, uh, I'm just as intense. I'm just as focused and just as you know excited and I, I want to put the best performances I possibly can it's, it's a little uh, it's a little it's a little easier um with guys because of the fact that I'm I'm naturally you know like naturally aggressive and thought like or at least you know and solid and like I, I want to make it whatever I'm out there in the ring like my number one goal is to make it look as real as possible right. you know and 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 like everyone has their different goals like when they're out there some people when they go out there they want to go and they just want to put to show and be as entertaining as possible, comedic, comedic whatever, and that's, that, you know, that's their thing, that's fine. For me, personally, for me, like, my goal, what I want to do when I'm out there is to bring realism to wrestling as much as possible. That's my thing. I love that. Um, and, and, and yeah, and when I, when I wrestle, when I wrestle guys, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's an easier mess of, uh, of, um, styles just cause I'm, you know, it's just, and, and also I, it's a little more fun because I get to hit him harder. That's <laughs> 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 kind of fun. It's kind of funny. Um, but, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've said it to my wife before. She's Puerto Rican and my best friend of what uh, now 25 years is also Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican women are crazy. They truly, truly no. are. Yeah, you truly, truly are. And I love it. No. That when We're I just passionate. When I told my wife that I was interviewing the baddest bitch in the building, she was like, oh, she's just like me, you know, because when, <laughs> when I look at my wife, I'm like, oh, you're such a bitch. And she's like, oh, well, thank you. You know, only Puerto Rican women see being a bitch as being a compliment. 
compliment, you know? What is it about yeah. that upbringing? You know, you guys are so strong, so confident. I love it. You know, what What gives you guys that extra edge? Really? I, 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 I really don't know. It really originates <laughs> because it, I, it, it really goes down, like, generations and generations, I think, um, because Puerto Rico is a matriarch society, you know, which which means that the woman is the head of the the home. Oh, um, that my the, my woman is definitely the head of my home. I am not sure about <laughs> that. But it's, I think it's just something. It's just something that just gets. It's a it's a learned behavior, I guess, because of that. Just years and years, like all the way down to uh, that's and and that it was even told in school to me, like uh, when I was in Puerto Rico. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I was told. I just forget which class in particular, but one of the teachers was like, "It's a matriarch society." So I think it's just it's just a, an empire an empowerment that is just like we are we're taught without even without even knowing. It's not something I said. Hey, you're supposed to be this way. It's just from from. It's something that you see. You see your 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 mother or your aunts and everyone else is just like these these women it's just that's just how we are you know and it's just it's something that you just learn without even knowing yeah just that passion that like no don't let nobody mess with you (laughs) absolutely she tells me don't Don't matter if it's male or female (laughs) no matter if it's male or female We have a big saying on the show here that wrestling brings people together because it truly does. You know, it's something that just communicates to any gender, any race, any sexuality. You, If you just love wrestling, you could get together with a group of people and just enjoy it. Um, so who in the business do you consider your friends or your mentors? I would consider... Santana is someone that, Santana Garrett is someone that I've been very close to throughout these years. She's such an awesome girl. Like, I, me, it's kind of funny because uh, me and her are like complete, well, at least our wrestling characters yeah. are like complete opposite. Um, like complete opposite. Um, we, I think the thing that brings us together um, is that, like, that whatever, you know, whatever persona is being projected, like, behind all that, like, we all we care about is like being like good people and being nice and you know and that, I think that's like the thing that brings us most most together because in wrestling like people can get lost very easily right. in like the drama of the drama that comes with wrestling people kind of want to politic too much so they end up being fake and all this fakeness stuff and like it almost becomes high high school drama stuff and it's just like it happens all the time everywhere and it's very, very, very hard to find people who are genuine um, in their intentions and genuine, like, you know, with, it's just, it's just really hard to find. But I can say that Santana is someone that I've, in the wrestling business, Santana is someone that I've grown very close to and, and, you know, we have a, a very nice friendship. <laughs> and, uh, and for mentors, when I was at WWE, Norman, I, I would say Norman Smiley, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, outside, Lexi is, Lexi, Lexi Fife, uh, she, she is, uh, she owns Slam and Ladies. Okay. Um, for wrestling customs, and she used to wrestle before. Um, and she, she's also someone I would say in a mentor type of sense. Not so, not so much necessarily the, the wrestling ethic where like, oh, she trains me or anything like that. I'm not saying she trains me or anything, but mentorship and like just dealing with wrestling related things. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Sometimes you do need the mentorship in the ring and, and in the athletic 
moves that you guys yeah. do, but sometimes you just need someone to talk to and, and have someone with the experience to walk you through it, you know, even with if that it's advice. just being empathetic and, uh, you know, an ear to, to talk to and stuff like that. No, absolutely. So I, I would say it too. Now, you've been in many locker rooms. You've been in the WWE, TNA, Lucha Underground. Which locker room was the most welcoming to you? And is there any one person that made the strongest impression, whether good or bad, on you? I'd say Lucha Underground is the most welcoming locker room, period. <laughs> that I've ever been and even though like towards the end like I don't know if it was just like the exhaustion of everybody doing like two seasons in a row or whatnot mm. but everyone was starting to kind of like get kind of hyped up a little bit towards the end but it's it's overall Lucha Underground even with that like still is I would say the most welcoming locker room that I've been in in like major companies as far as the product with Lucha Underground, it has gotten so much high acclaim by the wrestling community as something different, something exciting that people really like to watch. What do you think is that it factor or that one thing that it's responsible for it being so successful? I think just the fact that they were willing to go with something different is number one factor. Like they were willing to go and market, they were willing to market the Latin community as a whole and they were willing to to market just like everything like all, all the different things i mean you have a, a moth man you have a face guy you have a dragon you have all these things like just the, the willingness to go out of the box is like the number one thing that that has that makes like people excited to watch because they're so used to for so many years now they're so used to seeing one particular type of, of product that this this one being so different is something that is just inevitable for them to be drawn to right now we've and learned obviously the production value <laughs> compared to others absolutely agree too. with that that's a good thing that's a good thing too yeah absolutely agree with that now we've learned a little bit about you in the ring let's talk a little bit outside the ring what do you like to do what are your passions outside the ring I'm, I'm actually exploring that right now <laughs> I for so, for so many years all I've done is wrestling and I felt like I was literally a robot I, I had not who I was as a human being right uh, so I, I'm still so searching now but I find I found out I love doing craft interesting I, I like crafting I, I've always loved animals that's always been number one before even wrestling came into the picture I love do you animals. have any pets no, I haven't been able to get one yet. It must be tough getting one too with the heavy wrestling schedule. Yes, everything. But uh, I'm I'm hoping I can sometime soon. Finally, and I still love sports. I love I love uh, MMA. I love working out. Still, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Again, like, I've always been an athlete, so I, 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 that's always been, like, what's taken most of my life, like, uh, gym, sports. Yeah. Whenever I wasn't wrestling, I'd be training in the and all that, and it's just, like, now I'm just like, okay. I'm so Oh, hungry. I love going to watch, I love watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm so happy you brought MMA into the conversation because we see so many athletes, whether it be from football coming into the world professional wrestling and um, from MMA also. Do, do you see yourself transitioning from the wrestling ring to an octagon? I've, uh, I've contemplated that many times. I actually twice 
before before I even got into WWE, I was just uh, I was training before the whole time when I was thinking about I was actually training. I was I was actually ready to transition. I was like done with wrestling before the tough enough thing came. I, I was literally like, okay, I'm done with wrestling. I'm not even like. Uh, so I started training. I was training. I wanted to transition at that time. Uh, I was training for about eight months, and I was gonna debut to the company called Fight Card Entertainment from Chicago. Okay. Um, I was gonna debut for them for uh the team. Uh, team 110 with Franco uh, Lozano and um, I was that's actually something that's actually somewhere I was going to transition <laughs> but then the tough enough thing came up and I'm like okay well I have this opportunity here I've been wrestling for six years and I'm just starting this now well let me just do this see what happens with this and right. then you know if anything then I just come back and keep training and whatnot tough enough thing came up boom it happened great so I was like okay well then I then there's no point in me going back to start from ground over here if I'm getting this momentum over here so tough enough came and then I went sparked sparked me up again and got and then got signed with WWE so it just it, it, it pulled me in it was like no we want, no I don't want you to go so to and did, MMA you take a back, did MMA take a back seat or is it something that's still in the future yeah, for you it did I thought once that happened like it did because it's just like just business wise like in my mind it's like well why am I gonna why would I go back when I already have so much invested in this right. and I just and I mean I was with WWE and then after WWE happened I was like okay, well, if I go back to MMA now, I was actually going to go back to MMA at that time too. I was like, okay, but then I'm like, ah, but then I had WWE, I have all these years of wrestling, and then on top of that WWE, I, should, I need to do something with the fact that I just got out of WWE. So I start when I started doing the indie scene again, you know, then I then it picked up after a year of like contemplating whether I delve into MMA again or uh, just use the name of WWE. I did a, a few, you know, slowly got back into the indie scene again trying to take advantage of the momentum that I had with WWE and then Shine came about and then I saw Shine as an opportunity to do everything I wasn't allowed to do in WWE do everything I wasn't allowed to do period ever so then that's when 2014 came with that I had the contract with uh, Dragon Gate and I blew up in a way that I wasn't able to blow up in WWE with what I knew I could do because of politicians and whatever other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, it's an opportunity I can't let go. So I delved into that and then I pretty much had the most successful, not necessarily in a money sense, or a exposure sense career of wrestling I mean year successful year yeah. um, of my career it was because of everything that I was able to do like work wise like on a work wise level like I was able to have matches of the year here and there and all that like to me that what matters most to me like because i i'm so passionate about what i do like i don't care so much about the exposure or the money or whatnot like that's what i cared about and i had that opportunity yes so that's all i've ever cared about and then when i was in wwe i was hoping to do that that didn't happen so i was like okay well let me do what i as best as possible what i can with this opportunity and i i did it and i I grew up had the best year year or two uh of my of my career thank you Thanks to, to Shine giving me that platform to, to show that to people and, you know, having matches of the year here and there and all that. And I got, I did get injured through all that, but I, I, I was not going to let go of that opportunity to, to do all that. I injured my shoulder really bad and, and I didn't have the money to, to fix it or anything like that. So I had to keep going. <laughs> right. 
And then, so I, so then right after I ended my run with Shine, I went to the, to Lucha Underground. So then in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, all this momentum, bring it to the Lucha Underground and blow up even more. Great. So then it started like that. And it was right when I was about to kick off that momentum that I, that I would build. Bam, break my ankle. Yeah. And then it was the worst thing that I had ever experienced in my life because right when I felt like all the hard work that I had ever put into, all the sacrifices was going to like finally pay off, boom, I break my ankle. Not like an arm or something that can, Mm -hmm. you know, I can even work through. Like I worked through with my busted shoulder throughout throughout all that year and still did matches of the year with a messed up shoulder. No, a broken ankle where I can do absolutely nothing. <laughs> Does something like that put you in a dark place where you're just like, I, I oh yes, I need to give up. Like, this is it. Well, it, I mean, it, it put me in a the darkest place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And then it, it took me a while, but I got up and get back, got back in it, got my my passion and all that back, and got it going. And then when I get back in there, bam, breaking my ankle even worse. <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes. So- when things like that happen, <laughs> life is just testing you, you know. I'm a, I'm a big guy of faith, but, you know, the Lord never I gives did, you anything time, more. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was just, I was like, I don't know what this is, but what are you telling me? <laughs> yeah. I need to know. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a strong believer that you never get more than you could handle and only you could probably handle of working a year through a shoulder um, problem and a broken ankle to then put a halt on your career, but then come back and have a lot more people even more invested in you to see that return. If you haven't chosen a career in professional wrestling, what do you think you'd be doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a no-brainer. Like I, was, <laughs> I was going to once I, you know, when I came to Chicago and... I mean, I had already given up the scholarships and all that. And at that time, I was like, okay, well, I'm still wrestling. Uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling it anymore. Like, I, because I, I've always been such an athlete. I've always been an athlete. Like, that's what that's the athlete can tell you. You put all this hard work. You put all this effort. And you want that big payoff. Right. And it's like in wrestling, it's more like, well, you can be the greatest at what you do. But that does not guarantee that you will be having the payoff of whatever you're trying to be the best at. There's so much more to it because it's sports entertainment. So all the craziness that comes and politicking that comes with the entertainment business, which politicking comes in any business, but entertainment business is like the it's most big extreme. Part. It's the most extreme <laughs> of all, you know? So it's like, that's always been the one thing that I hate about, like, I want to be dead honest. It's the one thing that I've always hated about wrestling and that, that I've had the most difficult in 13 years of wrestling. And to this day, I, I still have a little bit of difficulty, but, you know, I've learned a lot more. But it's mm-hmm. still the one thing that just, like, that isn't crazy. The politicking and all that is just, like... Especially I, I, when I'm you're so like, good like you, you know, as a fan seeing you in the ring, when you're that good of a talent... And you just really hope that your talent could you just just put you over. Yeah, um, you, yeah, you rely on your talent and mm-hmm. your effort as a professor, as an athlete. That's the athlete mentality. But it's like it's, wrestling is not just that athlete part, you know. So right. it's like the artist part comes in with the entertainment side, with all the politics and all that. And- well, talking about entertainment, I was <laughs> I was nicely entertained when they years ago, like this is years ago, I was watching TV and there was a show called Tattoo Nightmares that came up on. TV that showed you <laughs> rework a tattoo that reminded everyone of a fire crotch phoenix. Now, since then, have you gotten any other tattoos? Uh, yes, 
I have uh, I have a few tattoos on my in the inside of my forearm. Um, they're actually uh, they're four um, archangel symbols oh, in nice. archangel scriptures, and I have um, in Latin uh, the four elements. The, all this is not done yet; like it's like a concept that I have in my head. But <laughs> <laughs> all four elements fire, air, earth, water. Um, I'm big in energy and I love element the elements and everything that comes with each element. Like um I, I literally wanna be the avatar. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and I also just recently got Deadpool on my left um, calf. Well, who isn't a Deadpool um, it fan? Was a <laughs> my boyfriend did the ones on my on my forearms, and oh. uh, uh, this uh, his uh, and then I had this Deadpool on my left calf uh, at the 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 place is called Tampa Tattoo Company. <laughs> okay. Here in Tampa. Um, and also I have my knuckles done, uh, pain and love. Mm, I like that. I feel like pain and love are the two emotions that shape us as human beings. Um, we're always running from pain and facing love. And as we do that throughout our lives, it shapes who we are as a human. And I like that they're on your fist, you know, because when you're fighting, those are probably one of the strongest emotions. You're either fighting through the pain or you're fighting mm-hmm. for love. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> Yep. Um, so as we wrap up from a year from now, when we get back together, because we'd love to have you back, what would you expect people to be saying about Ivelisse? Uh, definitely no more broken bones. <laughs> That's the first one. No more broken bones. Yes, sir. Aside from that, I, I, I hope that I have been able to regain the momentum that I lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and put on some some great uh, inspiring matches. That's really all I care. I just want to do whatever I can to just put on great performances that could also inspire other women to do the same and, and just keep you know keep having women show that we we can put amazing you know amazing work out there worthy of of just as much respect as the guys that's like the number one for me always and um i don't know maybe hopefully i can do something with mma <laughs> yeah mma if you're listening we'd love to see it the fans would love to see it <laughs> or maybe some movies i don't know that'd be pretty cool cool well Ivelisse, thank you so much for giving us a lot more time than we were even expecting that we even freaking deserve from you here <laughs> on a shot of wrestling if we wanted to follow you or if we wanted to continue on the journey with Ivelisse, where would we do that? That would be Twitter. Um, Twitter handle is at Real Ivelisse. And also on Instagram, IG handle is at Ivelisse Les. Those are the two that I'm most active on. Fantastic. Thank you so much again. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the baddest chick right now on a shot of wrestling, Ivelisse. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you for having me. In the News with Michael J. Putty and the Green Man. All right. A lot of news this week. Flooded with rumors. Busy news week, man. Including your man, Neville. 
King of the Cruiserweights, eh? Yeah, man. I like him, eh? Well, a lot of rumors going, rumors going around this week about Neville and his current um, status within the WWE. Why? What is it? Many have believed he has asked for his release and even walked... Oh, shit. Fuck. What's that? My phone. Is that your phone? Yeah, it's my phone. Sorry. <laughs> Don't... No, no, fuck you. We're not sorry. Good one. Sorry. Uh, um, but you should know by now we don't turn our cell phones on. Sorry. My hand goes up. Your <laughs> cell phones go off. I actually... Hold on one second. I'll, I'll be right with you. Hold on. Uh, I have to uh, take this call. So... Uh, this is this the second week in a row, right? It, it's it's show-related. It's show-related. Um, I got it. I'll be right back. Come on. Get back here. Come on. Dick. All right. Where was I here? <clears throat> Neville, that's right. Okay. The rumors going around last week was that Neville asked for his release and actually walked out of last week's Raw. Well, according to my sources, Neville actually didn't walk out. He was actually never backstage to begin with, nor did he attend any live events last weekend. Neville was penciled in to be the one to challenge Enzo for the title, the main event of Raw, but those plans were changed when they realized, hey, he's not here. So Kalisto was put in. Uh, it was decided to put the title on Kalisto. You ready for this? As a way to honor the late, great Eddie Guerrero on what would have been his... 50th birthday because Eddie is one of Kalisto's inspirations, one of the main reasons he got into the wrestling business to begin with. So as of now, the current plans are to get the championship back on Enzo, probably at TLC. Well, as for Neville asking for his release, it's being reported that that is something he's been asking for quite a while now, because apparently his idea is to leave, reinvent himself somewhere else, and then come back to the WWE some point down the road, much like Drew McIntyre did. Uh, one reason, though, floating around why Neville is unhappy is because due to the fact that his cruiserweight title match against Austin Aries at WrestleMania, one was on the pre-show, but that match was completely left off the WrestleMania DVD, which means they didn't get any DVD royalties from that show. I don't blame them. In other news, according to Dave Meltzer, one of the main reasons why the WWE is actually reuniting the Shield so quickly is due to the fact that John Cena and Brock Lesnar will both be absent from the TLC pay-per-view coming up. So the WWE wanted to have something else that would be like a big draw to build the show around. But no word exactly get on how long this reunited shield will last. And in other news, during a conference call with Roman Reigns, he was asked why doesn't he want any guys who impersonate DX and the NWO around the WWE today, which many are taking as a reference to the Young Bucks and the Bullet Club. He said, and I quote, we don't need guys running around doing two sweets. We don't need guys acting like they are from DX, you know, from 15 years ago. We need original characters. Well, Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks has responded saying he found the remarks disappointing. And I quote, you expect old timers, shock jocks to bury you, but not current young top guys that you respect. Disappointing. Hashtag us versus them. In other news, during an interview with Aesthetics Magazine Toronto, Chris Jericho was asked about the possibility of him entering the WWE Hall of Fame. And I quote, I don't think about that stuff. Like, like I said, it happens. I probably wouldn't show up. I don't like these big pomp and circumstance type things like retirement matches and everybody kissing your ass, telling you how great you are because I know how great I am. So I don't need people telling me that. So depending on what mood I'm in, I've always been the anti-star for these kind of things. But anyway, yeah, you know, I'll leave that up to somebody else, but not me. I'll show up, maybe. Depends on how I feel. Moving on, another news. Rumor is going around that Conor McGregor is reportedly in talks to make a one-off special appearance at WrestleMania 34, according to the Sun newspaper in the United Kingdom. However, Dana White is debunking this right quick. White was on Good Day New York on Thursday morning and said... Of the rumor, and I quote, it's not true. It's absolutely not true. White said he texted Vince McMahon before going on to the show, and Vince McMahon responded, huh, that's news to me, and followed up with, might be good someday, 
but not now. And staying with UFC, TMZ Sports caught up with Ronda Rousey and her husband, Travis Brown, at LAX. Ronda was asked about the rumors swirling around about her joining the WWE. She said, and I quote, If you were a real-life fan, would you really want to know? I enjoy it more that way. I don't want to ruin anything. Her husband was also asked about the potential move, saying, and I quote, We're still making decisions on my part. I'm not going to say no. In other news, my man Wade Barrett was recently interviewed by Sports Bible. And during the interview, he was asked if he would ever return to the ring given the fact that he turned down the deal following WrestleMania 32. And I quote, I'm 99% sure that I will wrestle again at some point. I just couldn't tell you when. I have those days where I'm like, no, everything hurts. I don't want to get back into the wrestling ring ever again. But I have days where I feel great and I can't wait to get back in. I know at some point I'll be wanting to get back in. So if the right opportunity comes along, we'll get it done. And in other news, Samoa Joe could be cleared to return to action by the end of October. Joe has had several surgeries for nagging injuries. He had knee surgery. Also, surgery on his nose because apparently he's in trouble breathing. But reports are saying that as of now, that problem has been taken care of. So it's good to hear. Moving on to other news, Dave Meltzer recently talked about Shane McMahon, who has actually some heat on him throughout the years from other superstars. Although Shane has always been fairly well-liked backstage for his ability to put on a great performance, there are reportedly some who resent him due to the fact that he only wrestles occasionally and often steals the show when he does. Apparently, the feeling over the years is that it isn't fair to full-time employees because Shane only wrestles every once in a while and gets a chance to physically recover after some grueling matches while these full-time guys have to wrestle the next night. So in a sense, there is actually resentment growing for him. In other news, huh? Get this. Impact announced this week the launch of their global wrestling network. Much like the WWE Network, for a small monthly fee, you can access the video library of the company and relive classic moments from the past 16 years. They've announced they will be adding more content each and every month. The global Wrestling Network is available now. In other news, Triple H recently spoke to The National about how Jinder Mahal has earned his respect. And I quote, Jinder Mahal has done an amazing job in recreating himself. Jinder was in the WWE for the first time and wasn't as successful as he wanted to be, but he went back, re-energized himself, dug deeper within, and worked extremely hard in his second chance and is now making the most of it. People can criticize him, but he has earned my respect. Triple H also run, said around a dozen Indian talents will be joining the company very soon in their quest to train the next generation of WWE superstars. And quote, in other news, Taz has taken the social media to call out SmackDown Live ring announcer Greg Hamilton for being a quote-unquote mark when he announced the following contest is scheduled for one fall in which you know he pauses to let the crowd join in by saying one fall during hell in a cell taz tweeted the ring announcer is a mark for himself with this one fall shit where's tony shimmel yeah good question where's tony shimmel and in other news green man would be happy to hear about this but you know he left lucha underground announced this week that they'll be making history by becoming the first u.s television series ever to be screened in the immersive 4dk format the season three finale ultima lucha tres part cuatro will debut at the private screening in 4dx auditorium at regal la live stadium on october 17th 4dx provides moviegoers and now lucha fans with an immersive cinematic experience that utilizes all five senses allowing the audience to connect with on-screen visuals through motion, synchronized seats, and environmental effects ranging from water, fire, wind, snow, light, sense, and other specific elements. Since launching in 2009, more than 450 films have been screened in 4DX, which is available in 410 locations around the world, including nine here in the United States. In other news, the WWE is reportedly working on a new series for the WWE Network titled 365. The new concept would see a show review a year in the life of a superstar and their accomplishments. The new documentary series is expected to launch following the Survivor Series and will focus on Kevin Owens. And finally, in other news... According to Us Magazine, former superstar Kelly Kelly has reportedly split from her husband. She married the former NHL player back in February of 2016. Their wedding was shown on the E-Network show WAGS. According to a source close to them, they were saying, and I quote, 
They separated a couple months ago, and she's actually already starting dating other guys. So, Kelly Kelly, if you're listening, hit me up, 619-343-3005. Michael J. Putty, I, I have some breaking news here tonight on a shot of wrestling. And where did that come from? Uh, I, I, Who they, they just passed me. You know, Lady J is working behind the scenes. She's answering our phone calls. She's facilitating a lot of things here in, in the studio. And she just got me some breaking news. It is so hot. Are you ready for some hot sizzling news, Michael J? Yeah, sure. Well. well, I only know one man who could deliver this news. So she hooked it up. Lady J, she's got him on the line. EJ, are you there? I'm here, baby. Jaden. Welcome back. Ah, oh, sexy man. Woo, I love it, man. You guys make me so fucking excited oh. and hard. Woo, let's now, do this. <laughs> I I started reading this when it was passed over to me, and I, I, I just can't do it justice. But on November 10th at the Elks Lodge, you have a match. Mm-hmm. So break the news. Who is your opponent, and what is the stipulation on this match? All right, so this has been something that's been a long negotiation, Green Man. You know what? I have to say one thing. Let me backtrack a little bit. You get you're you're on the, you're you get the information pretty quick, there, Green Man. You it, got some good sources. <laughs> Yo, the Green Man gets around. He does. You know, Ooh. he's been following the advice from your hotline, and he's been oh. getting a lot sexier. So maybe that's helping out a bit. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I've been negotiating with BCW guys. Bree combination wrestling. I have been away for it, you know, from them for a little while. I've been doing my thing. I had other obligations, other, you know, which is the show number one with Dial It Up for Love. And thank right. you guys for calling. Uh, I've been, uh, I debuted in a couple other promotions. I've been tied down in other promotions. But you know what? November 10th, I am back. And, oh, man, it's just going to be hot. I am facing sizzling Stan Styles. In the first ever, you ready for this, guys? What yes. is it? The, Go ahead. The first ever sexy sane strap-on match. <laughs> it just fucking just blows my mind, dude. What? First of all, a tongue twister, no? <laughs> well, you know, you know what? It, let me tell you guys. This is going to be something that's going to blow people's mind. Never been done before. First time ever. Never seen. Never nothing. I mean, if you're <laughs> not there November 10th to see this... You're going to miss out on some wrestling history. So, EJ, while I have you on the line, I, I have to know, man, that what is a, a sexy, sane strap-on match? It sounds dirty. Oh, it's dirty. It's raunchy. And it's just Ooh. down my alley. And I'm staying. You know what? I'm. Whoa, what was that sound? Michael J. Putty, was that the, your penis getting hard? <laughs> my pants got tighter, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. It's going to be great. Sexy, sane, strap-on match. I mean, let's just say that me and my opponent – Stan style will be strapped on to each other, guys. Oh, wink, oh, wink. Okay. And then we're gonna and we're gonna have a whole array of toys to play with. Holy I mean, shit. this is gonna be rated R. I mean, this might even be rated X. I mean, this is porn in the ring, baby. Are 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 like kids allowed? Should should parents be concerned? I mean, I'm excited, guys. If uh, I just have to warn you, like I said. I think we're going to push the barrier here. It might be beyond rated R. So viewer discretion is definitely advised. <laughs> I mean, sizzling stand style is no a man who knows controversy very well. And and you too, my man. I mean, with the sexy chronicles, with with the love hotline, you haven't been holding back with the sexiness, right? So Not at all. 
fill us in a little bit more while we have you on the line. What's been going on with since your time away from BCW? Well, we've been doing a lot, a lot of uh, recording with the Sexy Chronicles, and I have to say I'm very, very happy. Humbled that it started from anywhere from 20 to 30 viewers. Now we're pushing up to 200 viewers. And uh, guys, I want to say to the fans out there, keep watching and supporting Sexy Chronicles. It's a glimpse into my life, you know, in my shoot life of what, you know, what goes on, you know, behind the scenes of professional wrestling right before the show, while mm-hmm. going to the show. And, uh, you know, pretty much the shenanigans and, and ongoings and everything that's going on with my life in pro wrestling. And it's gotten a great response, guys. I'm really, really happy the way that's going. People love it. I'm even getting fans of the uh, quote unquote being of the elite who are contacting me and say, wow, Ooh. this is great. And I'm, I'm enjoying this. So I'm hoping it really goes, it takes off and it goes viral. And we can maybe, maybe one day, guys, we can get about 300, 400 uh, views on the, on the Sexy Chronicles. You know what I'm saying? I like a contract with, you know, to, with, with a t-shirt of my, you know, with Hot Topics. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I maybe play. Sexy. Absolutely. I think that's Maybe, you know, maybe Hustler can do a contract with the Sexy Saiyan. Who knows? But that's been going well, and then we go, you know, segue into the Dollar for Love, and I have to give a shout-out to you and Michael J. Putty, my partners. That's been going great. We had two episodes out so far. Super response. The yeah. voice, yeah, the hotline is blowing up. It's Guys hot. keep Oh, it's, it's super throbbing. hot. Oh, man, you know, so I'm excited hot. right now. I had to... <laughs> Oh, I just have to get, take these pants off, guys. I can't, I can't even contain how excited I am right now, man. Dial up for love is super. Guys, keep calling in. I, I'm full of advice. Anything you need for oh, me to help you. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I think, hey, You're we just talked about this. Listen, I got a lot of advice to give. I got two great guys, Michael J. Putty and Greenman, who are there to assist me. I think we can change lives. You know what? I think we are changing lives, guys. What do you think? One guy at a time. I think one life that you're going to change is on November the 10th. Stan Styles, maybe he should call the hotline and get oh. some sexy advice from you because I don't think he's ready for what is going to happen at this sexy scene strap-on match. What do you think? Oh, he, you know what? He has I, – I hope he's ready. I hope he does. I and mean, I know Stan Styles, and we know of each other. We have never really faced off of each other. But we're in the same realm up there. We are one of those raunchy wrestlers. But he's going to come into my home, my place, New York City, BCW, where I am the king of raunchiness. And I know he's going to bring his A game, man. I know he's going to bring a bag of tricks. And I know he's going to try to create that viral moment with me. The only thing he doesn't realize, guys, is that I am willing to go all out. I don't mm. care. I'm, I'm the ultimate entertainer. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure that show is packed. I'm going to make sure that the video that comes out is going to hit 100, 200, 300 views. Thousand views, boys. Mm -hmm. Okay, thousands. And you know what? Stan Styles, you better be ready, man. Bring the whipped cream. Bring the shake weight. Bring all that stuff. (laughs) Okay? You know, you can bring it. None of that stuff bothers me, and I'm ready for it, man, because you know what? I could take off my belt. I can get butt naked in the ring. I can create porn in the ring. I am the definition of authority and sexiness. Stan Styles, I hope you watch my videos, my man, because I don't hold back. (laughs) Now, I never heard of a strap-on match. I'm trying to picture it in my head. So there's two of you in the ring. So that means it's a yeah. double-ended strap-on? Well, you know, it's, we'll be strapped on together, Michael J. Putty. But you got to show up. Well, which I hear that a shot of wrestling might be there. Maybe. 
Maybe. <laughs> it, it, it is possible. The contract is still in the works. The ink has not dried yet, um, EJ. But very soon, you will find out our... Breaking news again? <laughs> you will find out our relationship and what will be going on for BCW on November the 10th. Um, and it's your home. It's our home. It's the Elks Lodge. Ooh, you know? I love it. Now, That's sexy, baby. Now, you mentioned to me a while ago, you gave me, the Green Man, some great advice. Um, and maybe you could share it a little bit here. Uh, you may not be prepared, but it's your home, right? Yes. Yes. Now, you were given some advice from, from someone a while back um, who was very close to you and who told you when you go into your bedroom, it's your home, it's your palace. You know, yes. you have to own it. So how are you going to own that night and your home? So to change Stan Styles and never make him be the same again. Well, you know what? I, I know that Stan Styles coming in with a game plan, right? And him being a raunchy wrestler like I am. I know I have to bring the power level up over 9,000 that day because it's not a lot of things that bother him, you know, um, when it comes to the raunchy side of wrestling. I mean, I could probably bend him over and it won't bother Ooh. him. Oh, I could probably just tell him to open his mouth and it probably Shit. won't bother him. But I have to make sure that I dig deep, deep, deep in the soul of Stan Styles and figure out what it's going to take to break him. Because you know what? My goal in that match is to make sure I make him my bitch. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, well, is there any backstory behind this match? Like, what got you two together? Like, out of all the people, for you to be strapped on hard with why him you know we we when bcw contacted me about making my return back we spoke about what is going to make the crowd go crazy now you guys already know man when the definition of authority sexing is there the crowd goes nuts i get the underwear thrown at me i get the bras thrown at me mm. i get whipped cream sprayed on me silly string i kiss the girls hey I even kissed the guys. I don't hold back. And we said, what can we do? What can we do? And then we just mm -hmm. spoke and we, we got together. And all of a sudden, basically, we came up with the match, the strap-on match. And who can be a better opponent? We search. We look for guys like Joey Ryan, who's one of the kings. One of the kings, I'm going to say. Yeah. Of raunchiness. Okay, of sleaze on there. And then we came up with Sand Styles. Sand Styles has been killing it with the sleaziness and the raunchiness. But you know what? He hasn't brought that to New York City. Ooh. New York City is my home, like we just spoke about. My home. That's my place. That's why I thrive in the Elks Lodge, November 10th. That's what's going to make it special, Green Man. Mm. Two raunchy wrestlers from two different areas are going to collide. And we're going to create magic. And like I said, Stan Styles is a raunchy wrestler. But Eric Jaden is the king of raunchiness. And that's the difference. And we're going to see November 10th. He's going to see what I'm built of. All right. EJ, I mean, thank you very much for breaking the news here on A Shot of Wrestling. This is the first ever Sexy Saint strap-on match. And it's coming at Final Judgment. BCW presents Final Judgment November 10th. Doors open at 7. It's coming from the world's famous Elks Lodge. That's 8220 Queens Boulevard in Elmhurst, New York. Tickets are available right now at eventbrite.com or just call 347-446-5142. Uh, I mean, much credit to to the Sizzling Sand Styles because 
I don't know if anyone but the sexy saint could be prepared for what's going to happen on November 10th. Guys, it's going to be mind-blowing. You're going to see a lot of stuff. You're going to see stuff that you see on pretty much on porn videos oh, go shit. on. That's sexy, baby. A shot of wrestling presents Raw and SmackDown here and here. So, how about Raw this week, huh? What you got? Okay. Oh, what? Okay. Uh, I got a cheers Matt Hardy's impressive showing against Braun Strowman. I didn't think it would be, I thought it would be a squash match. He got it, held himself on his own. Make it James looking smoking hot. But I got to heal. Where's Nia Jax? Where's my girl Nia Jax in that match? She doesn't get a chance to face Asuka? That's it. Nothing up for Raw. You just, you're just going to play on your phone? On to SmackDown. I think at this point, the Usos can read the phone book. I th- think I will still cheer it. Just saying. No comment on SmackDown either? Get another fucking breaking news phone call? SmackDown finally showcasing the other tag teams, who all put on a good match. Including more tension with the Hype Bros. Still going on somewhere. Continuity is the key. And it shows up in the Hype Bros match. Side cheers to my man Gable and Benjamin rocking matching tights finally. Coordination. Some unity. I always like to see in my tag teams. Are going to heal Sami Zayn's heel turn? Oh, is that it? Um... Was that it? Am I supposed to care now about Sami Zayn? Thought it sucked. Didn't do anything. It was underwhelming. Erwin, the voice, has a good spin on this. He thinks it was sucked as well. But he thinks what could save it is that Owens is in the hunt for the title, but Sami Zayn wins money in the bank. And Sami Zayn then turns on Kevin Owens to become face again. So after so many episodes, he finally found a way to keep me quiet enough to make it sound like SmackDown was better. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. Good job. Um, going to heal. How did Cheesecake get, get involved in this match? Orton and Rusev? I mean, it just didn't fit. It goes from the championship main event to a non-match with two non-guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cheers the Baron Corbin AJ Styles match. That was pretty good. You watch that much? It was pretty good. Yeah. Was it? Well, it's Baron Corbin. And cheers. <laughs> oh, snap. Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Remember those guys? Yeah. They're still together, apparently. Yeah. They're alive. They're called the Bludgeon Brothers. I like it. I like it. I think uh, SmackDown definitely needs to continue. They did a great job this past week at showing the building of a strong tag team division. You know, uh, they did a really great job. It was uh, with the Usos and the New Day kicking it off. Yeah. You know, and showing mad respect. Which you know they did. They've done this once before, but this time I felt like it mattered. And I like how the other tag teams were mixed into it. It was very good. Very, very good uh, Good working. Uh, Eagle Eye viewers noticed that for the last, what, several months now, the Fashion Files mm-hmm. have been on this case of who attacked them. Right. They've been getting a hint. The hint has been 2B. Hmm. Many people are assuming Bludgeon Brothers are 2Bs. Oh. Good pick up, folks. I'd not even put two and two together on that. Very interesting. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. Ready to get some ratings? Wait, let me tell you about Raw. Oh, now you, just... want, now you want to talk about Raw. <laughs> you, you, you totally blew me over, you know? You just started recording, and all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, are we I... doing the show? Yeah, I said, well, are we ready? Yeah, I know. Um, but just two things I wanted to mention. Um, just two? Just two. Uh, and they're two pretty big ones. The <laughs> Shield. <laughs> the Shield is back together. What are your thoughts about it? Do you like it? I mean, everybody was expecting it. What do you think about it? I am not that thrilled. I got to be honest with you. I am not that thrilled. Don't care. Mm. For the same reason. Are we like that 1% of people who don't care? Or are there more of us? If there are, 
you know? Dial it up, 619-343-3005. Exactly. Let us know your thoughts. There is a grand return of American Idol. Uh-huh. American Idol's coming back. No one really cares because it was, it was gone, what, two years? Yeah. Same thing with The Shield. What's it gone, what, three years, four years, maybe? And it's the same thing. It's too, not like... Too soon. Yeah. Like, the X, what, took 10 years off? Mm-hmm. They came back. That's something. Right. This is... Okay. And also, it's it's like, they're coming back, but why? Like, really? To face... Why, The Miz? Did The Miz antagonize you so much that you're like, oh, we gotta get The Shield back together? Like, did, did Cesaro and Sheamus, did, did they really dig it into you so much that you're like, oh, we gotta rebuild The Shield? Like, adversity. They need a lot more adversity. When DX came back, you know, they were going against, you know, The Boss. Uh, they were going a bit against yes. the McMahons. It, w- it was always like something big that no one else could take, but DX has to come back to make it happen. Same thing with the NWO against the establishment. You, you know, you got to fight the establishment. You know, this is not a reason for the Shield to get back together. Well, we talk about it in the news the reason why the Shield got back together. Oh well, the absence of John Cena and Brock Lesnar. They could still pull a better storyline out of their ass because this wasn't working for me but many people are really excited that the shield did get back together what do you think about their t-shirts cool i like the t-shirt really i knew you were gonna like it as soon as i saw the design i was like this is something michael j putty could get behind because if you listen to the show carefully since day one <laughs> you know i appreciate everyone have their own logos i know and now they're fucking three-fisted together all three of the guys are main champions main event players with their own logos i like it interesting I like how you're explaining it to me, and it makes sense. It makes me like it a little more, but I hated it. How? I thought it was so generic. Well, it's the shield. I I, I feel like there's there's so many people in the indies right now. Here it is. Better shirts. Here it is. Better products with shit that they they're designing on their own. That this is a big big company. It it's traded. The stocks are being traded. Like it's huge. And this is the graphic that you lead your main program with? Their shirts suck. It's Give the same as shirt. all the shield material. It sucks. Um, but the other thing I did want to talk about, uh, Kaliso won the uh, Cruiserweight Championship. Congratulations to Kaliso. And Once again, we'll talk about that why in the news. I, I know. you cut me off <laughs> and to leave. I, I know I interrupted you, and I'm really sorry, but it was completely worth it. You know, BCW's got a big show, and, and we dr- dropped the exclusive this evening on you. But um, I thought it was, it was very poetic. I thought it was very nice. And it, it's sad that it's the expense of Neville, which we learned this evening. But, um, but yeah, it, it was nice to see Kalisto um, and the Cruiserweights still continuing, I guess, for the third week, being the talk of the town. Are they, though? They're more of the talk of the town right now than they've ever been since the exception of 205. Thanks to Enzo Amore. So those were really my only two big, big points on Raw. And... Um, I guess now you can get to the ratings. Oh, thank you. This week's Raw drew a 2.871 million, which is up from last week's 2.773 million. Raw was number four on Viewship for the Night, falling behind NFL on ESPN, MLB on Fox, and MLB on TBS. Raw was number five in the 18 to 49 demographic, falling behind. Love and hip hop? The NFL. Damn it. I'm MLB on Fox, Sports Center, and Love and Hip Hop. Oh, yes. You've been paying attention. Yes. I listened to the show. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> this week's SmackDown Live drew a 2.467 million, which is up from last week's 2.2323. Both shows are up. That's good. It's a good yeah. sign, right? Uh, I tell you, it was a great week of wrestling. SmackDown was also number four in viewership for the night, falling behind Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and the Rachel Maddow show. Yeah, my girl's back. 
SmackDown was number two in 1849, falling behind American Horror oh, Story. Sorry. Mm, I was, see, I said it with you. Yeah, thanks. Jinx, buy me a Coke. No. <laughs> so that's all I got. All right. Any, any go-home thoughts? Um, or Michael- any surprise contestants for a game? <laughs> which I actually have a game for? Oh, Michael J. Play, the show's already so long this evening, but I have to give thanks not only um, to Eva Lise for allowing us the privilege to speak with you this this evening uh but opening up your heart and opening up your mind to everything that's been going on with you as of late um i have to thank it feels like thank you like it like you know from uh jimmy fallon like i'm writing thank you notes thank you wow jimmy fallon reference from you (laughs) thank you capital wrestling for allowing us the opportunity to sponsor one of your main events that's right shot of wrestling was there in Hoboken, and we sponsored Sunny Kiss versus Logan Easton Uh It was a great show, and thank you also for making that connection between us and the Bad Apple. Uh, he had a killer match. It, it, it's great. I love the relationship uh, we have with you and Matthew Ryan Shapiro. Uh, just thank you very much, man. He it, called it, you a dummy. Yeah, well, I am sometimes a dummy. That's true. <laughs> Uh, any go-home thoughts for you, my friend? Um, well, gotta stay consistent. Nikki Bella was on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the most memorable year week on the show. Did you watch it all? I just know she looks fine. This was a, this was an emotional episode. Everyone picks their most memorable year of their life. It's okay. kind of self-explanatory. Hers was 2016. Mm-hmm. She chronicled her road to recovery and her eventual comeback to the ring at SummerSlam. As they're being told, her possibly career might be over. Right. In which paralysis was mentioned. Well documented on Total Divas and Total Bellas. They actually showed a clip of her return at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But it was funny. Go watch it. Because it was dubbed. They dubbed it okay. with some fake guy. And now it's like, oh my God, I get it. Clearly fake. But that's just me being stupid. It was a good dance. I'm not into dancing at all. But it was well done. They, they set up a boxing slash wrestling ring on the dance floor. Okay. Well done. Go check it out. It was actually pretty... Uh, pretty did she score? Pretty nice. She received a 24 out of 30 and didn't get eliminated, which means nice. she'll be back next week to dance and I'll have the full report on next week's show. How far do you think Nikki Bella is going to be going? <sighs> not far. No. She, she'll be cut in the middle. Who's the uh, who's the lead person? Who's the one that... S- I keep now? calling him Jason Jordan. Um, I don't... <laughs> it's one of those names is in there. Jordan or Jason? He's some guy from Hamilton. He was on Grease Live. He's a... Broadway. Oh, is he the lead from... Uh... No. Hamilton? He played uh, no, the rapper not, guy? No, no. Oh, okay. So uh, he's some guy. Goes to show I'm not really watching. Yeah, don't play me. Uh, I just fast forward to Nikki Bella. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty, it's, uh, I'll keep it up there next week. Interesting. Interesting. she got a couple more weeks left. There's some people who's worse than her. So she'll be around for a little bit longer. Maybe we could start a hashtag. Keep Nikki on, on Dancing with the Stars. Too long. Too long, yeah. What What are their initials? DT? What? Dancing? DW? Dancing with DWTS. Okay. Nikki. Hashtag. Save Nikki on... Still too long. D- oh, shit. I suck at hashtags, by yeah, the way. <laughs> I noticed. You tell when you post stuff. Well, I feel like I go home thoughts. I got to go home so I can finish playing WWE 2K18. I'm going to whoop your ass on that game so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you just made me laugh. I appreciate it. Thank God it's sound, room soundproof. Wow. We're going to go home and make the green man. You should. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You'll, you'll never see him. Totally will. We could post it. On a shot of wrestling. And while we're talking about that and following all social medias, uh, that's what you got to do. If you want more from a shot of wrestling and you want to get more interviews, you want to get more exclusives, like we just got Eric Jaden breaking the news that he's going to have a strap-on match at BCW on November 10th. The only way we could do that is if we keep growing the family. 
Michael J. Putty. The family has to keep growing. So all you have to do is just follow us. Are you announcing another baby? <laughs> you know, everybody. You know, I've we've said it here and we continue to say it, but wrestling brings people together. And you guys are part of this Shot of Wrestling family. Okay? It is bringing us together. So all you got to do is just go and follow us on Instagram at A Shot of Wrestling and Facebook at A Shot of Wrestling. And... There's Twitter too, Michael J. Party. You're on Twitter. You, you kind of own the domain and the Twitter stuff. That's you all the time. Shot of Wrestling, no way. That's right. No way. All right. Because this show is from the fans. It's to the fans. It's your opportunity to be part of the family. We want you to join in, baby. We want you to join in, man, and make it happen. And women too. Not just baby men and women. Everybody. Everybody. Just we follow us. Still taking phone calls for the next love hotline, so make sure you keep dialing it up. Dial it up. 619-343-3005. Lady J, she's the one who you, whose voice you hear at the beginning of that hotline. She's taking all your calls. She's making sure that it's wrapped in a nice package for us to do this show. So, Lady J, I appreciate you. Um, the other thing that hotline is there for, it's obviously for your comments, questions, and concerns. But right now... Through Wednesday, the 18th, we are taking your questions for our next interview. That is right. It is Danny DeManto. He is coming to a shot of wrestling after his injury. Okay? We got the exclusive, and we want to hear what you have to say, what you want to ask to DeManto, because he's going to be making his debut, his return, I should say, back to BCW on November the 10th. And uh, if you want to be part of it, just dial it up, 619-343-3005, or leave a question on the inbox at a shot of wrestling.com. So for Green Men, for Evil East, for Eric, Jaden, I am your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing. All right, Michael J. Putty, we got to the end. It is last call, and we've already gotten too many shots of wrestling. We got Ivalice still here with us. Um, so Ivalice, the first thing that comes yeah. to your head, you ready? I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready, <laughs> but well, let's do it. Let's do it, and away we go. What is your favorite song? Oh, my favorite song. Damn, uh, Despacito. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your favorite adult beverage? Adult beverage. Um, apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Adults still drink apple juice. Yes. Another, other than <laughs> wrestling, what is your favorite sport? My favorite sport is uh, mixed martial arts. Of course. Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? My favorite wrestler of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mine's too. <laughs> Who has been your toughest opponent to date? My toughest opponent to date has been, um, I'd say Serena Deed since I wrestled her for an hour and it uh it was it went nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite snack? Uh my favorite snack. Cereal. Yay. What is the best feature on a man? Now your boyfriend's listening. Wait, what's what? What's the best feature on a man? The best feature on a man. Uh does it have to be physical or It could be whatever you want it to be, Elise. Oh. The best feature on a man is his charisma. Okay. <laughs> what must you always have stock of in your fridge? What I always have keep stock of in my fridge? Uh, cereal. <laughs> I love what kind of cereal do you eat, by the way? Um, a bunch. I always have a million boxes. 
<laughs> All right, last question. Where is the number one place? Because you've traveled a lot. Where's the number one place that you want to travel? Uh, I would love to go to Japan. <laughs> All right, Japan, if you're listening, you want Ivelisse, we want her out there. That was Last Call. Thank you again <laughs> for being part of this episode, Ivelisse. We love you. Thank you, Penny. <laughs> Hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. Ha ha ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>